0: This morning, I'll be preaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. And I'll be reading from verse 6 down to verse 16. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, and verse number 6. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, They came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me, ye have not always. For in that she had poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for memorial of her. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests, said unto them, What will he give me and I will deliver unto you? And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We're thankful that you are the God of all gods, the king of all kings. You have a name above every name. Lord, I pray today that as we have gathered to worship you, that we would gain a better understanding of who you are and your role in our lives, that we ought to let you be king in our hearts. Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth today, that you would speak to each and every heart in a very special way, and that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well, and that whatever you say unto us, that we will do. Give me the words you'll have me to say. Cleanse me of sin and to me of self, and with the precious Holy Spirit, that I may preach what Amen. thus said the Lord, and that if there is someone on the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that the day will be the day of their salvation. I pray for every believer that each one would be strengthened and challenged to take a closer walk with you. Have your divine way, and may we give you all the honor and glory. Let's do your holy name, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Gary Chapman, who is a well-known author, has written a well-known book entitled The Five Love Languages. This is a book where he purports that we, as individuals, as human beings, we feel most loved when certain actions are done in an effort to show us love. And the main takeaway from this book is that we need to, as a result of these various love languages, be aware of each other's love language, especially in the area of marriage, in order to communicate that love effectively. What this principle underscores is that love is something that must be demonstrated. It must be put into action. Love cannot be some intangible thing that exists in the heart without any demonstration or else that equates to it not really being there. Not really being there as much as we might like to think the most familiar verse i believe arguably in all of the bible is john's gospel chapter 3 and verse 16 which says for god so loved the world full stop no that's not what it says it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so here very clearly, we understand that God, who is love, demonstrated it. Put it into action so that we could know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he loved us. That he loves us. He demonstrated it. God's love for us is indisputable. God's love for us is irrefutable. But have we ever Taken the time to ponder and to wonder, what is God's perspective of our love for Him? Just because God is omniscient, just because He knows everything, does not mean that the requirement of demonstrating love for Him no longer applies. And in addition to that requirement to demonstrate love we must understand very clearly that we are also commanded by God to love this God with all of our heart all of our mind all of our soul and all of our strength we have seen that Jesus himself when asked the question what is the greatest commandment gave that answer to that lawyer and with such an important command, my friend, it is critical, it is vital, it is imperative that we know where we stand in respect to such a commandment. I began a few weeks ago beginning speaking on this message series, if you will, entitled How to Test Your Love for God. How to test It's not enough for us to just feel that it it is somewhere in there. But how is it manifested? How is it put into practice? How is that love that that we we believe that we have for God, how is it made actionable? How is it put into action? And we've seen a number of criteria that I want us to ensure that we take to heart. The good thing about it is that no one else has to grade you but yourself. You can recall a time when you were in school and the teacher would pass out those papers after they've been graded. And because you might know that the grade was not maybe one that you would be too proud of, as soon as the teacher gives you your paper, you turn it over or you put it in the desk or you put it right into your back because you don't want anybody else to know that the grade was not so great. But whatever the grade is, understand that that's an answer that you must come to between yourself and God. How to test your love for God by way of criteria that we've looked at thus far, I ask these questions simply for you to do an individual assessment. The first one we examined is, do you speak with him? Do you take any time to communicate with him? In speaking with him, be assured that he will also speak back to you. But is there any communication between yourself and God? I asked the second question, do you, do you sit at his feet? Do you spend time in his presence? Is that a priority in your life to be where he is? Last time we looked at the third question, do you serve him? Do you serve him? If you love him, you will serve him. Is that a priority in your life? But this morning I want us to look at the fourth question And this question is simply this. Do you sacrifice for him? Do you sacrifice for him? We're going to look at this story of this woman in this text, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, that is seen elsewhere in the Gospels. And the Bible refers to her in other texts as Mary. Some passages, it refers to her as a woman, which it does in this text. And I want to ask you once again a series of questions that that I want you to do an honest assessment to be able to determine the answer to this question, do you sacrifice for this God that you claim to love? The first question I want us to examine today is this. How valuable is Jesus to you? You see, before we can get to the point where we are talking about sacrificing, understand that that a particular value is placed on the one to whom the sacrifice is made for. And so the question this morning is, how valuable is Jesus to you? I want to submit this morning that All of us have what I call, what is called a value system. No matter who you are, whether you're a young child, whether you're a teenager, whether you're an adult, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're a senior, all of us, every single one of us, have what's called a value system. This value system determines how we spend. It determines where we place our money. It determines what we invest in, what we purchase. Now, this value system can change throughout the course of one's life. When you were a child, you had a particular value system. When you became a teenager, your value system adjusted. When you became an adult, your value system adjusted again. And throughout the course of your life, your, your value system adjusts. It is a measure of what we value. It is a measure of what we treasure. It's a measure of what is important to us. And this morning, I want to prove this to you, but I'm going to need some volunteers to help me with this because I have a number of items and I need some volunteers. I need somebody who is under the age of eight years old. Nobody is under the age of eight. Okay, somebody is under the age of 12. I need also a teenager. I need a teenager. Don't be shy. You can help me with this. All right, come on, Michael. All right, I need somebody in their 20s. Come on, don't be shy. I need somebody in their 30s. You say, Pastor, you're exposing my age. I gave a wide range. It's a range of 10. Don't, don't, be, don't be hesitant. All right? I need somebody in their 40s. All right. No, that's fine. Oh, that's the 30s. Okay, so I got a good range here. All right. And so I have a number of items. And what I'm going to do I'm going to give each individual here this morning. I'm going to give each person, if I can find it. Satan, you're a liar. All right, I'm going to give each person here five dollars. Here you go. Each person is going to have $5. And I'm going to show you how each of these persons, in going shopping for a variety of items with their $5, is more than likely not going to make the same decision because they're going to spend their $5. And I'm going to show you how their value system is different. I have here, all of these items, by the way, are roughly $5 and under. So the $5 can purchase, all right? This is a can of Coke. This is a can of ravioli. I have here three bananas. All right, I got here some potato chips. We got all kind of stuff. We got the Shiloh Stewart this morning. We got here some Welch's strawberry kiwi juice. got here some A bottle of water. Have here some Hershey's chocolate. We got here an orange, man, all kind of stuff. Then we got here some limes. Then we got, what else we have here? Some shampoo, three in one. And then we have here, finally, what else we got here today? I got here, a toothbrush. So I want each person to come here this morning and to tell me how they will spend their $5 in this mini store here this morning. So Adrina, with your $5, you can only get one item. No change this morning. The $5 is it. All right, whether it's worth that or not. What would you buy with your $5? Oh, this is such a hard choice. Alright, Adrena. Oh, she got the Hershey's chocolate. Alright. Okay. Alright. She gave me back her five dollars. Alright. Michael, you you go shopping. Let me see. What would you buy? By the way, would you have bought the um the Hershey's chocolate? No. Water is life. Water is life. Oh wow. Healthy. Alright. Wait, wait, wait. This man is stealing in the house of God? All right, Sharima. By the way, I just want to find out. Would you have purchased the water or the chocolate? And the toothbrush is one. All right? Uh, so you wanted the water and the toothbrush, so that means you want the toothbrush. You know what? Let's take the bananas for the rainy day. All right, she took the bananas for the rainy day. All right. <laughs> just What would you have purchased? Any the items gone so far? Or oh, the Hershey's. <laughs> but today have a little, a little like cough, I think on today only, I would probably get the orange. All right. All right. The orange. Everybody's getting something different. What would I kind of know what my wife would pick. Anyway, let me not guess and be wrong. All right. Or oh, the limes. All right. Normally, under circumstances, she would not give me back this <laughs> 5 <darling>. She <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's on you. All right, So, I thought she would have gotten the toothbrush, to be honest with you. Now, so look at this. Each of them had $5, and each of them valued a different item with their $5. Why? They have a different value system. And I'm sure you might have made a different choice as well. You can go to your seat. Thank you. I mean, you, can't, you didn't lose anything. I gave you the $5 and you gave me back. And you can keep the item if you want it. All right. All right. Give them a round of applause. My friend, you have a value system. And the question is how valuable is Jesus? you. In our text, Jesus was valuable to Mary. Jesus had done something amazing that no one else can do. Jesus transformed her life and when he transformed her life, guess what? He transformed her value system. Things that were valuable to her before were no longer as valuable. Jesus went to the top of her list in terms of his value because what he had done of what he had done in her life. And so the question for each and every person here this morning is how valuable is Jesus to you? Second question I want to ask this morning is how valuable is his work? How valuable is his work? We understand that Jesus is no longer here on earth in bodily form. And I fear sometimes we might think, well, I'm off the hook. I don't see him in person. But the question is, how valuable is his work? Oftentimes, when we value a person, we support and value the cause of for which that person stands for. The cause for which that person represents. We support different agendas and causes that are in alignment with the things that we care about. We see this in the area of politics. People support candidates because they feel that they align with that person's cause. That person is going to support something that they are interested in we see that in the cause in the area of business endeavors people make investments because they believe in that endeavor we see that in the area of hobbies there's some people who because they love a particular hobby listen they would provide their resources their time and their effort why because they are enthusiasts of that particular hobby we see this even in the area of environmental causes People will leave their inheritance for a particular environmental cause to save the animals. Why? Because animals are important to them. My friend, when Jesus left this earth, he left us with a cause. And the cause, my friend, is to build his kingdom here on earth. And that is the reason why, as a local church, here we support missionaries. Some of them we have never met, but yet we understand that they are engaged in the cause of building the kingdom. Why? Because as a church, we are to value his work. But how valuable is the work of God to you? My friend, the work of God, make no mistake about it, is the effort of building his kingdom through the local church. Don't minimize or trivialize the importance of the church. It is the program of almighty God to evangelize saints, to edify, evangelize sinners rather, to edify saints, to educate servants, and to enlist soldiers. God places a burden on the heart of people to labor in support of his cause. And my question here this morning is where does this cause rank on your list of what's important? Is it important to you that the Great Commission be accomplished? What value do you place on lives being saved, lives being transformed, lives being edified by the power, by the word of God? How valuable is that? You see, the answer to this value question uh, is important if we're going to talk about sacrificing for this God. How valuable is his work to you? Well, Here's the third question I'd like you to jot down. Do you want to prove your love to him? Do you want to prove your love to Jesus? When you say to someone, I value what you do, you're really saying to that one, I value who you are. The reality is that you want to show that what you have said is genuine and show that there should be a deep desire to prove to that person that it is true. Is it your desire in your heart of hearts to prove to Jesus that you love him? That you value his work? A guy quoting a lady would have a hard time convincing her of his smooth words if he never ever did anything to show her that those words were true. He says, day after day, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he never calls. He never goes out. Never shows any concern for how she's doing or what she needs. And when he's confronted about his shortcomings, what if he says, I don't care what you think. There will be no convincing of love. And so my question this morning is, is is it your desire, your intention to prove to God that you love him, that you value his work? You see, my friends, Mary knew in her heart that she loved the Lord. She knew that she valued him and she wanted to find a way to, to show him that She loved him. She wanted to prove it to him. She wanted him to be convinced of her love for him. Which leads me to the fourth question. The question is, do you give to Jesus? Do you give to him? Mary determined in her heart that I'm going to prove to this great savior that I love him I've experienced his love I've been showered by his love even though I was so undeserving he didn't reject me he reached for me and I responded to his love and I have to let him know that I love him and the best way that I'm going to find to do it I'm going to give to him that was Mary's determination and the question here this morning is In testing your love for the Lord, do you give to him? Are you willing to take something that's in your possession and give it to the the Lord, whether it be your time, whether it be your talent, whether it be your treasure? But do you give anything to the Lord? In this particular text, Mary gave... Her treasure. You know, oftentimes people are comfortable giving their time. And I can give you all my I can, listen, I can come whenever whenever you need me, I'm available. They can give their talent. But some are like, you know, you don't put your hands on my money. That that is off limits. My friend, God owns everything. And everything that we have has been given to us by him. And he has given these things to us and asked us to be stewards of what he's blessed us with. And my friend, make no mistake about it. God has always reserved a portion for himself. God reserved a portion for himself in the Garden of Eden. God said to Adam and Eve, he says, listen, of all the trees of the garden, you may eat freely except of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God reserved a portion for himself. And the portion that God has reserved for himself, my friend, make no mistake about it, it does not belong to us. Jacob when he left his home made a commitment to God this was before the law God if you bless me you protect me you keep me I will give a tenth of all that I've earned and my friend the tithe belongs to God it is God's. It belongs to him. And the question is, do you give to him? Do you give even what belongs to God back to him? But notice, the final question I want to pose this morning goes beyond giving. Because in this text in Matthew chapter 26, we see a clear example of not just giving to God, but sacrificing for God. And the question is, do you sacrifice for Jesus? Mary took something of great value and poured it out before her Lord Notice verse number 7. The Bible says, There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very what, precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, To what purpose is this waste? Imagine that. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And my friend, make no mistake about it. When you endeavor to sacrifice for the Lord, to go above and beyond what seems ordinary, my friend, there will be some people invariably who will think that that is too much for the Lord. Imagine Jesus' own disciples said, what a waste. here's the thing that we ought to keep in mind Mary, the one who was doing the sacrificing surely did not think that it was a waste. Why? Because her value system was different because of her love for the Lord She was more than willing to sacrifice Why? Because Jesus to her was worth it David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart, understood the importance of sacrificing for the Lord. And we saw in our scripture reading, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, David, who had an opportunity to be able to get get an offering to the Lord that would cost him nothing, said, no, 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 no. I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. How many are content to come to church and to drop an offering in the plate that somebody else gave them? It costs you nothing. Was that a sacrifice? Was that even an offering? Are you willing to sacrifice something of value to prove to God that you love him? You know, that is a part of what fasting is about. Fasting is not just about depriving yourself for the sake of depriving oneself, but it's really sacrificing something that you love. To demonstrate to God, I'm willing to give up my love for food. That's a hard one for most people. I'm willing to give up my love for anything. To prove to you that I love you. I'm sacrificing something of value to demonstrate my love and my devotion. I thought of this and I, I wondered if there was a connection because you might have heard of stories where a young man is given the sad devastating news that some young lady who he is crazy about is not interested in him or is no longer interested in him. And then you hear he doesn't want to eat for days. Anybody's been there? I know you're not going to show your hand on that one. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you're kidding me? There are too many fish in the sea for me to deprive myself of food for one. But maybe he's depriving himself of food because he wants to demonstrate that, that I would even be willing to give up food for your love. Pastor, just taking it a little too far. Bring it back. Bring it back. I'm not going there. But Jesus took note of her sacrifice. And Jesus gave a high note of commendation. Look at what he said in verse number 10. He says, when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in this, in that, she had poured this ointment on my body. She did it for my burial. Verily, I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. My friend, in testing your love for the Lord, are you willing to sacrifice for him? Are you? That's an important criteria. An important measuring stick. To evaluate where do you stand in your love for the Lord? I trust that God will help us to search our own hearts You see, this question of love its never just about words. We're not convinced of love based on words alone. We're convinced of love based on action. And the question is, man, woman, boy or girl, where do you stand In your love for the Lord. Are you willing to sacrifice for him? Do you sacrifice for him? Your value system is an indicator of where Jesus is. In terms of how much he means to you. See, there's some things that we would give up a lot for. Why? Because they're valuable to us. And I trust that as we ponder these questions, that it will bring to our hearts and our minds exactly where we are. Keeping in mind that God has given us a command. It's not a suggestion. To love God. It's not an option. It's an imperative. It is a command. To love the Lord thy God. With what? All thy heart. All thy mind. All thy soul. All thy strength. And if you're not willing to sacrifice anything. For this God. Don't come to a false conclusion of this abounding love. Tough questions, but questions that we must answer in order to properly evaluate how much do you love God?